0: doing well. Welcome back to a brand new edition of the Ariel Helwani Basketball Show. It's great to be back with our good friend, Chuck Mendenhall. Why are we back with our good friend, Chuck Mendenhall? Because Chuck Mendenhall is on cloud nine. Look, I didn't want to have a repeat guest this early in the game, but we spoke to Chuck a couple of weeks ago We talked to him about being a long-suffering Denver Nuggets fan. We talked to him about finally seeing his team reach the NBA Finals for the first time in their NBA existence, and so with the Nuggets beating the Miami Heat in five games on Monday night, I mean, we had to have Chuck back on. I have so many questions, and I was going to ask him all of these questions in person or via text, but then I thought we got to complete the story here. We gave you the pre-finals thoughts. we got to give you the post-final thoughts. How does it feel? Did he cry? How did he celebrate? What were the emotions? Was he nervous? Who is he with? Are they going to repeat? Does he care if they repeat? All that and more we discuss with the biggest Denver Nuggets fan that I've ever met, a man who has been rooting on the Nuggets. We talked about all of this just a few episodes ago uh, since he was a little kid, and now his team, the Denver Nuggets freaking nuggets and the longest drought without a championship in the nba 46 years they are on top of the nba world on monday night they hoisted the larry ob trophy and i gotta ask my guy how he feels about it all so without further ado no time to waste here is my conversation with the overjoyed the on cloud nine chuck minnow enjoy all right, well how good is this? A couple of weeks ago, we had this man Chuck Manninghall on the program to talk about his dear Denver Nuggets en route at the time to their first ever NBA Finals appearance. Back in my mind, I thought wouldn't it be nice if our first repeat guest would be Chuck coming on after they finally hoist that Larry O'Brien trophy, the long drought, the longest drought in the current state of the NBA is now over 46 years. They are champions of the NBA. They did it on Monday night. Nikola Jokic said it perfectly. The job is done. They can go home now uh, as beautifully put as possible and the boys from Denver are champs, and my dear friend Chuck Mendenhall is on cloud nine, and he's kind enough to join us as our first repeat guest to talk about the emotions, the feelings, the exhilaration, the excitement that comes along with seeing your favorite team finally win a championship. And so to start, Chuck, congratulations to you and Nuggets fans all over the world. Could I ask, we are 12 hours, a little over 12, maybe 14 hours, removed from the Nuggets finally winning their first NBA championship, beating the Miami Heat in five games. Can you possibly put into words what you are feeling some 12 hours later?
1: Well, you mentioned cloud nine, Ariel, and that was actually a few hours ago. I skipped right past. I'm cloud hopping. I'm on like cloud 15, cloud 16, something like that. It's it's surreal. I almost, it's it's crazy because I hope you get to experience and we can actually revisit this if the Buffalo Bills win it. Because I actually think they're a fairly close equivalent, although I think Buffalo's case is even crazier, you know, with those four Super Bowls and how close they came. But in terms of just the desperation, you know, behind the fanfare, the desperation of the fan base wanting to get this moment is so alive within it's so quiet and desperate and it's like all the people, you know, that have that have been holding it in for this long and you mentioned Jokic's reaction and I think it kind of counterbalanced it it, it was perfect counterbalance to what was going on I mean like there's just hysteria and you're you're like you're not sure how to process it it's a it's a crazy thing I was I'm like looking around Like it's just one of those things you're like I don't even know how I should be acting I don't know how to act I don't even know what I should be thinking I feel like everything is almost too empty uh, for me to even like communicate because you're like you're trying to you're trying to figure out how deep you bleed and how deep you have bled and all these things and he just says oh, it's nice uh, now it's time to go home and i was like yeah. oh and then it all kind of kicked back in as like something like wow this is crazy it it's just a tremendous ride man and i spent all of this morning you know just going through all of my different uh, articles everything being written about them. people dredging up old articles from the past and like you know going through the journey again in your mind and it was like i can't believe we're finally here man it's crazy to me did you cry I did shed a tear, but it's it's a little weird because we have some family in town for my daughter's graduation which is tonight. <laughs> okay. And uh, you know, they're not nuggets fans. So, you're kind of uh you're watching it, but you're, yeah, you're I was a little reserved, but I did shed a little tear, yes. I I know you texted me right after and I'm like, that's when it was happening. I was like, I was it was all uh, So, did you out.
0: watch So, who did you watch with? And would you have preferred to just be alone? Because you know, that's always <laughs> a thing, you know. Some of these things you just want to watch by yourself or at least with like your son or someone like that. I went,
1: I, I cruxed over this for the last few days. I was like, how do I do this? How right. do I do this? I go get, like, I contemplated getting a room. I was like, should I just go buy, wow. get a hotel? I was like, should I do this? Like, just so <laughs> I can like soak this in the right way. But in the end, uh, it was uh, my sister-in-law and my wife and my my two kids, all of them were watching. Everybody was really invested in it because it, it ended up being like such a slugfest. And every one of those baskets mattered down the stretch so big that it became like this shared experience in the end. Um, there was just excitement in there, so it ended up. If we had lost, it would have been devastating to lose that game. But the fact that they held on and won, it was uh, it, it made for a very happy room. And I think people knew what it meant to me, so it was like you okay. know, it became one of those situations. Even the, I, even I saw you tweeting about it, and then Bill Simmons and all these guys, and I'm like, dude, uh, it's crazy that I became part of uh, the, yes. the
0: story here. That's which is what amazing we wanted. Yes. That's what we wanted. Um, I've often thought about this, so I'm curious what your answer is going to be. What did you do? when the clock struck zero like how how did like what is the first reaction what do you do you jump up and down you hug your family like, what do you actually do when your team wins they all they all came over to me it was like it was almost like
1: it's really touching man because like i don't know how I, you know you're unconscious of how you're acting around people as you're watching games like that like i i don't know what i'm doing but like they all came over to me, you know. Everybody's like ready to give you a hug and like, "Oh my God, you did it!" You know, you, you <laughs> your long suffering is over. But I had my hands behind my my head, just kind of like, "This is real life, man. This is crazy. This has happened." I can't. I didn't tell this story the first time we were talking. My son has a whatever the NBA like the NBA video game on um, okay. Xbox. It's very realistic, and he played him. And he was doing a random thing where he was doing like a simulation um through the finals he likes to do this and like see who wins in these teams and he had the nuggets who are like a seven seed in the scenario and they come through and they win they wow. win it all this is like a few months ago and i see the confetti and i see Jokic and all this on the thing and i was like i actually got choked up uh, watching that thing i was like oh my god i can't imagine if this was really the case like i was like yeah. I, you know how it is it's like you you you're so longing and desperate and yearning for this moment to come that um that i was like that then I think when the clock ticked out, man, it's just like I said this way in the Lakers game, there's just a very surreal moment that happens where you're just you're not sure how to process what it is, and the closest i can and it sounds so stupid, but like the closest I can come is when you see your child oh, being wow. born or something like that life altering happens because you got over a hump that meant so much for so many years. You know what I mean, so it, that's how it felt. My official
0: prediction was nuggets in five, but I'm just so so. You I always did. felt. And I actually kind of like the fact that they lost You doubled game down. Two. You doubled down after I did double yeah, down. After I game did double two. down. And I want to ask you about game two in a moment. But regarding yesterday's game, could you tell me how you were feeling throughout the day? And then could you tell me how you're feeling in the first half when it looks like they're tentative, they're a little bit nervous, they know what is in front of them, they don't want to go back to Miami, they want to win it at home, and it feels like they're just not in that extra gear. Like, what are you thinking throughout the day? And then what are you thinking when it's like, oh, shit? it seems like they're a little bit tight. Well, throughout the day, I was doing everything I could to stay busy and occupy my mind.
1: You know how it is? like You get this nervous energy, so you try to focus in on other things. I was writing an article. I put all of my effort into that. I was doing other stuff. So I was trying to keep my mind off it, but there was a moment about uh, maybe like two or three hours beforehand where you're kind of done and then it starts to hit you. And then I mean, you're just trying like all right we we'll just have to get through these uh, through these moments and like uh and then we'll start the game. But they start off with something like four turnovers. Jamal Murray was turning it over. I mean they were they were playing very sloppy. And I was pretty loose to be honest. I I felt pretty loose. Like I felt like it was like oh this is all right. We just need to like uh you know withstand whatever they're going to throw at us and then take the game over. But when those turnovers were happening and they got down like fairly early, I was like it starts to seep in that doubt and that weird stuff. You're like, please don't lose this game, man. Don't lose this game because you never know what happened. The Nuggets have come back from 3 1 deficits uh, in the bubble. Remember, they, they did it yeah. twice against the Clippers um, and in, in the other, what was it? Uh, whatever. Utah. Oh, Utah. 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 Yeah. So they, they did it twice. So you're like, you know this can happen. And I knew they'd been guarded against that. But as they kind of settled in, and they even though it was ugly, and there were moments, especially on that errand, we, uh, toward the end when they gave that foul. To uh. Gordon as he breezed by, I was like, and he actually takes one in the nuts. I was like, what the? <laughs> yes. I, I I was I still am puzzling over that. But it, there were a few moments in that game where I'm like, I, you felt it slipping away a little bit. And I have to say though, with you, it, it's very difficult to explain this unless you've had a guy like this. Like, when you have a guy like Jokic, as long as it's close, if you get it into his hands, you just feel like, all right, I can live and die with this. I can live and die with it because most, I think, you have the feeling that most times you're going to live. You know, mm. and I think that that's what it, that's what it was for me.
0: Yeah, it's the trust, right? Like I, I yeah. remember there where it was getting tight, um, and and Butler starting to come on, and then you're like, oh, he's gonna he's yeah. gonna lead them. They'll be okay. That's, Everything's alright. said all right. this about Josh Allen. I remember back in the day, and I, I felt like I think that that's been
1: years in the making. Here, uh, I feel I feel like that for the last few years, but obviously he was without some of his key guys like Murray and Porter. Um but this year he kind of had the the whole cast, but every time he t- as long as he's touching the ball, you feel like he's going to do the right thing with it. And honestly, if he throws up and misses at the end, of course you live with it because you can live with that. The guy is giving you so much already. So, um it, there's a calming effect that he has on the game.
0: So you told me that uh you've been rewatching highlights all morning and I don't blame you. <laughs> I've been doing the same to a degree. I just keep rewatching Jokic quote-unquote celebration highlights. Him, like they're, they're, the shot, and I noticed it right when I was watching it, but like the shot of him, the, the nuggets of one, Mike Breen says, you know, the drought is over, all that stuff. And then they go to him, Almost like in a hockey like handshake lineup, but he's by himself. There's no one else with yeah. him on the team. And he's shaking everyone's hand. He even goes up to some guy on the heat that I don't even know and he like pulls him in to be like, I Hey, know. good game. This guy's trying to walk away. The guy's trying to walk yes. away. Like, hey, 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 fella, come here. You know? Yeah, come here. Let me get... <laughs> and then he's he's not smiling. We'll get to the interview in a moment with Lisa Salters, but the juxtaposition of the, them going to, you know, uh, Murray and Caldwell Pope and and Malone and then him who's just like, this is like game 34 of the regular season. Are you surprised by his rea- reaction or is that quintessential Nikola Jokic? I think that's quintessential him. I didn't know how he'd react
1: because sometimes, I mean, he's always been like this stoical face and... uh He doesn't emote a lot unless he sees a Remember, did you see him light up when he saw uh, Monty Morris out in Miami? Like, his face lights up. Like, if he sees his guys, he's like that. But for the games themselves, he just never has been that guy. I wondered, though, because he's been carrying – I mean, when you really think about the types of expectations he was carrying, like, you know, at least in Denver, I mean, like, he. I think that people thought he should win a championship. This is the window. The window's been open. Now it's like this is the prime moment for him to win a championship. Um, the MVP discussions and everything that has gone on where you, like the whole Embiid thing, like you wonder how much all of this takes a cumulative toll. And I thought maybe you would see him like, Oh God, I can't. And instead he did none of that, man. So it, it was quintessential, but it was a little surprising in the sense of how much he carried them. And he was emoting on, I don't know if you saw like five minutes, six minutes left. He was laying into the bench. Like he was having a, uh, he was, he was screaming at some players. So I thought maybe you'd see that, but man, he is just, that's who he is. He just, he treats it like it's another day at the office, man, and
0: it's it's pretty crazy that he can average those numbers with that attitude. I've never seen a superstar react to winning their first championship like that. Like you see tears, you see jumping, you see hugging. It says a lot about him uh, as as a competitor, as a human being that the first thing he thinks of is to go and shake the hands of the opponent. Pretty damn amazing. And (laughs) another example of what makes him so unique, that Nike commercial was tremendous that played afterwards. And then the interview with Lisa Salters, where she asks him at the end, like, how does this all feel? And he says, the job is done. I can go home now. And then you couple that with the post-game press conference where he asks around, like, almost like in a panic, when is the parade? parade? Yeah, Yeah. and they say Thursday. And he's, like, upset that he has to stay. And then I wonder if, like, someone watching from Denver is like, does this guy not like it here? Like, how do you explain his reaction to all of this? Well, I think if you didn't know him at all, like and you, you
1: heard that, you're like, well, what are you talking about, man? The parade then, but this is the big, the big celebration. But if you know him at all, that's just who he is, man. I mean, he's... I don't think he has ever really bought into the hoopla of the game. Like, the kind of, like, uh, I don't know, just the, that, that kind of thing that surrounds the game, the expectations around it. Like He's always been this very even-keeled guy. You know what's funny, man? It's not an, it's not an exact, like, equivalent thing but back when Nirvana came on you know Nirvana hit the airwaves back in the day and it kind of flushed all of that rock balladry and hair metal stuff out of there like just flushed it out there made it seem a little bit obsolete it's almost like and I think this is what people aren't communicating enough yet that Jokic's attitude this kind of selfless um, attitude of coming into the game dominating it doing what you said um, wanting to go home and not worried about that side of it is a game changer or it might be a game changer in the sense like it's a it's a fairly big blow to the kind of ego driven basketball player. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like the guys who have traditionally been run the league all going through that, but he doesn't. And you know how this league does it, it kind of like something new comes along and it changes things. And I, I was kind of paying attention to that. And I think that that's kind of what's not being communicated is how he might be pioneering in a weird way, just an attitude change, and also what people are looking for in their players and all that stuff. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But he's just like that man, and I don't think he'll ever change. In fact, it's one of the reasons when they mentioned like that, I saw Mike Malone talking about like the Pat Riley quotes, where the next thing is the dynasty. It's mm-hmm. one of those things that <clears throat> you think about and you think, well, it's possible that they could have a dynasty because of him, because of that attitude, mm-hmm. because of who he is, and he's he's always he's not complacent. He's you know he's a humble guy but he just goes about and does his business, so
0: they're set up, man. Yeah, Mike Malone, uh, when they did the interview on the the stage there, I mean, he stopped short of guaranteeing uh, a repeat, right. which was shades of uh, Riley in the 80s with the Lakers. Um, speaking of Jokic and what you were just saying, could he, though, I get what you're saying about almost being like this antithesis to the current star and a breath of fresh air, but could he, in your opinion, actually be the face of the NBA? Could he be the most man. popular player in the NBA? <laughs> because I got to be honest with you, I didn't even know he was a Nike athlete until that commercial era. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't, like, think I, don't think I, knew even, I knew that even. I, I mean, that's like, what's so is crazy. Is there a Jokic shoe? I don't even think so. Maybe I'm wrong. Not that, but, I, not that I know of. Um, so could he be that guy or will he always be, will, will, will the superstar, you know, the flashy, whatever, will, will he always trump a Jokic? You know what? I don't, I think he could be considered, but I, th- I feel like he's
1: more in the Tim Duncan ilk, like where mm-hmm. he's, a, he's a guy who everybody will recognize his greatness quietly. And I, maybe they'll even talk about him historically and say, like, I think he has that in him, like, historically, if he keeps playing the way he is, that they'll be talking about him as one of the greatest, if not the greatest, center to ever play the game. And certainly, like, passing center and all that, especially if he keeps winning titles. But I don't think so because Tim Duncan was never really that guy either, you know what I mean? It's just he, he just went about his business of winning five championships or whatever it was and and doing it quietly. I think that that would be more Jokic's thing. Um and at some point, people will want to top him. It's it's really it's really possible though. In the vein of what I was talking about, that his there is a sort of revolution in how we perceive athletes and stuff like that. That's what that's what I want to see now is just this bigger picture thing of what the effect is because types of praise he gets from people, his teammates. Like you see these guys, Gary Harris showing up in Miami, Monty Morris, all the guys who played with him in the past. They're loyal to go back and hang with him, they celebrate with him. I mean. To me, there's something more there, like what he's communicating than uh than just that. So if that's transcendent, and I will I guess we wait and see if it is, I suppose he could be, but that would be a huge culture shift in the NBA, wouldn't it? I mean, from right. the vanity the, the kind of vanity that's celebrated and the uh and all that stuff to what Jokic brings. I mean, it would be a, a juxtaposition for the league. Felt like
0: everyone was writing off Miami after game one. Um no, I wanna say it's like an easy win, but it was, you know, fairly You know, fairly one-sided affair after game one on that Thursday evening. And then we get to game two, and things are going Denver's way for the most part. But then there's a collapse in the fourth. And credit to Miami, I mean, to win at at Denver, Mm. first time, only time that they lose in the playoffs at home. I think it was the first time since March that they lost at home. It was an incredible performance, bam, out of bio, et cetera, et cetera. And that's on a Sunday night, (laughs) and then you have to wait till Wednesday for game three. How are you feeling when I, didn't, I didn't even want to text you on the Sunday night. I noticed the, the silence was deafening. Was like, <laughs> <laughs> How are you feeling on that Sunday night going into uh, game three, coming off game two?
1: It was weird because I, I, I spoke to you a little bit about this before. The Nuggets haven't, you know, they never traditionally, they haven't, they have no tradition to make it the finals. They don't have a lot of tradition against Eastern teams in general. So there was an unfamiliarity going in. You're like, what happens? I remember mentioning this to you. Like, what happens if the other team just figures out something the other the Western teams didn't Mm -hmm. figures out some disruption that may be successful against the Denver Nuggets and they start to unravel? Because this can happen. I thought about that and I was like, is this that moment? Is this what's happening? And especially because it was a home game and everything else. But I would say that that was like a 15 minute concern. Mm. I would say that like later that night afterwards I would you just keep thinking about it you're like you think about the ways the Nuggets should have probably taken control they had they had that game under control until the fourth quarter just kind of slipped away and you think they won't let it happen again and and I was pretty convinced they wouldn't I remember you I was talking to you and I I was I was I I'd said the Nuggets in five as well and we we had a communication the next day and it still felt the same I was like Nuggets still on five I still think it's going to be Nuggets in five yeah so So it was hope at all I didn't really lose hope. I'd say like there was a fifteen minute window afterwards where there was a lot of you're going back and forth searching for like how you should feel about this. But uh in the end I was like I, I think it's just that Jokic factor, man. Like you just you come back to that and you're like, they're not gonna be able to do this three more times. They're just not gonna be able to do this three more times against them, you know? So I felt I still felt very comfortable, I'd say.
0: I thought it was gonna be five or four to be honest, and when they lost that one, I was like, All right, well, the silver lining here is <laughs> they'll get to clinch at home, which is obviously what happened um game three probably alleviated whatever nerves were left once you got to game yeah. four and you won that i would imagine you also thought like this is a wrap you did not want to say it yeah well but there was no chance right it goes the other way like where you're like now you're 3-1 and you're like please don't
1: feel too confident man going uh, into this game you know what I mean? because everybody's taken for granted that this would be the closing out game and uh I, if anything there was just a little bit of a uh I, I figure, I, I think that when I take anything for granted, it goes the other way, man. It's almost like the Murphy's Law type thing. But uh, so I was guarded against it. I was like, I was guarded against thinking that way. But at the same time, I I mean, I felt like they would deep mm-hmm. down. I was like, I felt like they'd, they'd close it out. Like, they wanted to do it so bad. I think they wanted to do it on their home court. Their other two that they'd clinched just before against Phoenix and LA were on the other home courts. Um, I think that they wanted to celebrate in Denver, you know? So yeah. I felt like they would bring
0: it. I hate, especially when it's a uh, it's a team winning for the first time. I hate when they win on the road. I want, I want the I whole know. thing, and even like Jokic's reaction yesterday felt like an on the road reaction because it was so subdued, which made it so interesting. And that place was hysterical. It was oh crazy my god! That you had it was amazing. It was amazing. Yeah. Um. You have seen your Broncos win three times in your lifetime, right? Yep. Three Super Bowls. Yep. Um. I, I I would imagine there were similar feelings, but how could you compare? when they won for the first time with Elway in the late 90s, and that was their first championship, yes. right, as a team, yep. to what happened on Monday night. So, and this goes back to our original, what we were talking about originally with the
1: Buffalo Bills. With the Denver Broncos, when they finally got back there, which was what, 97, 98 season, I think, mm-hmm. or whatever that was, whatever they ended up playing it, I always get confused on those dates. But uh, there was still somewhat of a stigma on them because they had lost four Super Bowls, by escalating disastrous scores. Like they were like, the, the first time was 27 to 10 against the Cowboys. By the end of it, they lost 55 to 10 to the 49ers, and they lost. It was an escalation. They lost by more every single Super Bowl. They were the original Buffalo Bills. They were 0-4, and, and then Buffalo came in and lost those four games. But I don't know how you felt in Buffalo, but I think there was a little bit of a gun shy thing happening where you're like, well, Elway's been in the Super Bowl a lot and it's he's put on some of his worst performances, all that stuff. So when they got there, I remember it was just really Please let them just not get embarrassed. Don't get embarrassed. But then they had Terrell Davis, and I remember thinking, yeah, we didn't have a Terrell Davis back then in those other Super Bowls. So when they won, it was like a weight was lifted off, but there was also an immense relief that John Elway got his uh, at the tail end of his career that they broke through. They were no longer going to be the laughing stock, all that stuff. Uh, so there was, it was like a release, but it was like there was all kinds of complicated feelings about, you know, overcoming the stigma and all that stuff of not being able to win the big one this one was more just accumulative I never it, almost to the point where there's such a stepchild in the Denver area even and they were just so buried in the national media and everything else. nobody paid any attention to the Denver Nuggets. nobody cared um, outside of a few diehards in Denver that it felt like relevance or validation or something like that. Like, you were you were finally really on the scene, you know? And it, I think that that's what... It, it was real. You now could belong in conversations. You didn't have to listen to Mike, tales about Magic Johnson or Michael Jordan, all those guys that you had nothing to do with, you know? Other than them treating you as a doormat and walking to their championships and all that stuff. It was like you could finally say, like, we have a championship. It just changes the whole dynamic, right? So I think that that's what, that's what it was. It was... it. <sighs> It's more like, I said this before, it's more like being trapped as a kid in your mind, emotionally stunted through this whole process, and then you get it and you're like, you can finally be like, yes, you know, I finally got it. So the relief was on a different level, man, but it it meant something on a whole different level too. I think I wanted this one more than I've wanted any
0: any sporting event in my life, to be honest. Relief is a, a really great word. I have tried to almost like rationalize and come to terms with the fact that my teams are so futile in this way, be like, oh, you know what? This, this would monopolize like three months of my life in the spring and I'd be so nervous. It's probably for the best, you know, for like in the NBA yes. or even in the NFL. Like, oh, those two weeks after the conference championship to the, I'd be such a wreck. It's probably for the best that the Bills don't go back to the Super Bowl or ever win this. Oh, that game. I've done the so dance. <laughs> yes. So what, so what were the last few months like and is it a relief now? Like, do you feel like a weight has been lifted off your shoulders? Because it is somewhat, like you have to be there for every game and it kind of controls your whole life, right? Like your whole schedule. Yeah you have kids like it's based around the games you can't miss the games this has been the most
1: complicated thing ever too because there's so many things my son plays travel baseball so there's all these you know my 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 girl is graduating there's all these things going on school's getting out uh there's a million things going on and it's like you keep looking at your calendar for the nuggets games it's crazy because i was a you dream of i just want to play into june i just want to know what that's like what is it like playing in june it's very complicated as it turns out but there's also like a little bit of a postpartum <laughs> type thing where you're like, oh my god, it, it, there, wh- who am who am I now? Because you know, I, for the longest time, I was uh, you know this suffering Nuggets fan, and you always but you always had these excitements of this, and then you get over to the other side, and you're like, what what exists out there now? I don't know. You know, it's a little weird, man. And I think part of that is like it means everything, and then it happens. And it takes a while for you to even fully realize that it happened. I think that it, you go through this process now of, you know, coming into the realization that that's the case. And I, it's it's weird. You don't feel it immediately. It's like you keep catching glimpses of it, but it hasn't hit you fully. And so it's like it's one of those. Th- it's one of those very very weird things. I hope you get to experience it because I know how passionate you are about these teams too, and you've stuck by them even though. You, you know, like you haven't had like success with the Bills and the Knicks, right? Like you haven't now. They're both kind of in this my situation. Baseball
0: team doesn't exist. I, I mean, know it's just been a mess of a situation. But Neither it's not about me. <laughs> well, what do you mean? <laughs> oh, wait, the Rockies. They do exist. I know they exist barely. You can't, listen, I you can't make that joke. I'll, I'll take Owen one sixty two if I can go to an Expos <laughs> game with my kids. You can't make that joke. And <laughs> speaking right. of which, I do have a bone to pick with you. I saw a okay. tweet on Tuesday where all of a sudden in the morning, like we're now at this point like seven hours removed, and you're like, oh, you know, I want another one. Don't be that guy, please. Now you're talking about the other one? Because I always ask my friends. I remember there was this guy that I worked with at uh, Fox, Zeus, and he's a diehard <laughs> Warriors fan. And so like when I was working with him, the Warriors just won their first. And I was like, there's no way you care as no. much for the second. No, no, no. And he's like, oh, no, no, no. I, I want the second. I want the back. I was like, no, no, come no. on, man. Don't be greedy. Wait, 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 wait. So
1: I think you misinterpreted it, though, because really what I was saying is I want another, I want another game on the calendar. I was ah. basically saying I want it to continue because you don't want it to end now because there's this excitement always on the horizon well, there's a game coming up on yeah. the I meant more like that i don't to be honest i mean, I hope they're set up for I, I. but if they didn't i this was the moment for me I'm like they you're good, they for, got life. It. You good did, for life. I'm good for life I mean honestly that is no joke that's that is that was the realization that's the key realization in a, a, you know not that it's that not that it would be in diminishing returns but at nothing will ever compare to finally getting over the hump and winning the first championship i mean that's really what it's about right like Get through that, break through to finally break through. So, dude, I'm all about just savoring this one, man. I'm all about savoring this one. I'm just, I only
0: meant that it would be, I I want them to keep playing. I just want to keep seeing them play. I get it. Um, (laughs) Are they set up well to repeat? Like, are there any big free agents? Obviously, the two main guys are still there they'll get your Murray but are there any and and they only go like 7 eight deep and there's such ugh the twitter is so annoying i i i i tweeted on friday night during game 4 you know what i love about the nuggets they only go like 7 deep and i know that christian brown comes in and now they're going yeah. 8 deep and i kind of dig that and it's it's a little bit old school and then everyone's like that's what everyone does in the finals that's what everyone that's does in true. the playoffs and then i went i for some reason i did this i wasted my time i went through the box <laughs> score of the, you know every series and Lakers Heat Knicks uh, Celtics everyone is nine right. ten deep yes one hundred percent that's it's, a crazy it's claim. not common it's not
1: common it isn't and I love this about them so that's so that's a Malone thing too like he's yeah he goes with the guys he trusts you know any of those guys free agents. So the, so they're set up to keep running because I believe, so the Caldwell Pope, I think that they, when they got him, which I hated that trade, I've said this before, so I'm glad. there's Things you're just so happy to be wrong about, man, because he was so vital to what everything they did. They had signed him to an extension, I believe. They have Gordon lined up for a while. They have uh, Jokic and Murray set up. Obviously, Christian Braun is a, um, is a rookie, so he's still there. I like that you call him uh, Braun, not Braun. Brown. I, I kind of try to, I kind of try to do both. Like I kind of on the do, broadcast,
0: like, they're calling him Brown, Brown, because I think that's what he
1: wants. But I'm like, I'm saying Braun, you know. I'm like, I'm yeah. trying to like do both. It's of them.
0: spelled Braun.
1: I know it is. I don't get it. I don't understand yeah. what's going on there. But uh, the one guy is Bruce Brown, mm. and he's the guy that they brought in at like you know five million bucks to play this role. But he's obviously like going to get paid now if he wants. But they talk to him, and the Nuggets can only do the, the, his arrangement is. They can only give him $7.7 million. And it's one of those types of situations you're like, he could definitely get way more than that and a lot more future guaranteed if he goes elsewhere. But he said he wants to stay in Denver. Now wait, now he remains to be seen. Obviously, he's in a you know a champagne-soaked locker room when he's saying they're celebrating with all his boys. But once his agent is in his ear and all that stuff, we'll see like how that plays out. But he's the one guy that I think that they got to try to... like, If they really want to keep this whole nucleus intact, that's the one guy that is the question mark for next year uh you didn't go to any of the games are you going to the parade i want to man but it's just tough i've got all this family and i I don't Uh, think it's gonna happen man i actually do you regret not going to the games kind of but i had a discussion with you too like where you're like isn't it better to be watching with your family and i i think that's how it felt in the end there was a couple times i'm like especially last night man i was sitting there like God, I should, I should be there. I should be there. Like I've went through too much. Like I should be right there watching this whole thing. But, uh, but then again, man, you know, like when your kids are coming up and hugging you because they know what it means. I mean, it, that means everything. If I couldn't be there with them, you know, it's kind of like it's it wouldn't work. So I think I did it right. Maybe the if they do make it again, I would definitely try to go. And I, I'm not going to say no on the parade yet, but it would ha- I would have to figure this out fairly quickly. But yeah, it's uh, in, uh, we'll uh, see.
0: Two days from right now. <laughs> um, I was thinking about this this morning. Uh, I, I tend to like the underdogs and I tend to like the teams that no one else in my area likes. Um, that was, you know, what, you know like when I was a kid growing up in Montreal, no one was a Knicks fan. Yeah. There were very few Bills fans, but I kind of like that. And so now when I'm older, it's kind of the same thing. And um, even in, in this journey of finding a new soccer team, I picked Nottingham Forest, who no one is a fan of, and my son follows along. And yeah. I thought like, man did I do a disservice to my kids (laughs) to, you know, make them fans of the teams that are perennial losers and also ones that they can't share in the excitement with their friends because none of them are, you know, fans of these teams as well. And I was thinking of your son, Blaze, this morning because I'm wondering if you have ever felt that way as well. Like, man, why did I make him a Nuggets fan or a Rockies fan, etc.? But this morning, he gets to go to school as the lone Nuggets fan. And so I'm wondering... He's already home. He's already home. Like, does he go out to school this morning with his chest out and 100%. rocking the g- like? That must have been amazing. He, what he a went feeling. with
1: his Jokers jersey. I had it hanging up here. He took it off my wall to <laughs> wear it him. to school, and uh, he had people coming up to him all over the place. But one kid came up and was like, uh, "Hey, congratulations on on your on your Nuggets!" And he's like, "Or I should say, our Denver Nuggets." Like he was uh, like trying to talk me all the bandwagon <laughs> now, and, and I'm like, "Dude, this is." <laughs> I never had this one day of my life. Nobody ever wanted it. even in Denver. Yeah, even in Denver, man. They were. I knew Nuggets fans for sure, but nobody like was you know real diehard when I was growing up. It's kind of one of those things. So it's, it's crazy, man. Um, but it's his victory lap too. That's what's so great about it, isn't it? It's like that's what it is. Because if you stick with that team through thin. The moment the thick happens, man, it's just uh, that's your vict- It's your time for that victory lap and to be like, I, I was with them, you know what I mean? And I think that that's what's great about it. That's what the yeah. vicarious thing through sports is all through that. It, that's why it means so much. Have you bought the gear yet? You no, but I was, just lo- I was just looking at it, man. It's sort of gaudy. It. It's a lot of language on there, but I, still I'll gotta find ha- something. Ha- I got to get a, to a, hat, to. a I sweatshirt, a hat, something. I got to do it. I got to do it. Just even us. seeing the, ch- the word champions on there at all. And the fact that they're going to have a banner now, Oh. <laughs> that says that. That's insane to me. For years and years, you know, you go to the different Nuggets game, and there's like a Western Conference. You know, they made the Western Conference finals that year, you know. Yeah, there's yeah. like these weird things, and there's a couple Nuggets in the rafters, but there's all this avalanche
0: stuff on the other side, just going all the way across.
1: Right. Now the Nuggets can finally compete with the rafter space. That's good. Amazing.
0: Uh, yeah. Well, I'm delighted for you. Congratulations. It was fun to uh, live vicariously through you and, and root them on because of you. And uh, it was never in doubt, if you ask me, but uh, easy it was for me for to me. say. I, I I tweeted on, on Monday, I was like, oh, you know, there's like 90 seconds left, Chuck, just hold on, you're about yeah. to go home, and I was thinking, like, if I was in his shoes right now, I would be <laughs> I crapping in my pants. I didn't see like, it, because I turned yeah. my phone over, I wasn't looking
1: at anything, and I, I saw it
0: afterwards, though,
1: and I was like, I mean, there was like I, a million messages, too, like, oh, there was I tons of people, even Phil Murphy, Phil, you know, Phil Murphy, yeah, the guy who works at yeah. ESPN, he was working the thing, he's like, hey, do you want me to get some of this confetti for you? <laughs> oh, that's amazing. And I was like, I was like, hell yes, yes. so he's sending me some confetti, man, so... But that I mean, it's awesome. just—it's you know how it is, man. Everybody, you realize how much people are paying attention. In part because you've made it a big deal. I think that that's kind of why um, people now know I'm a diehard Nuggets fan. And I, I love appreciate it. the platform. I—I've
0: I, kept this in too long, Ariel. It's time yeah. that the world knew. You know, I agree. You should be the face, and you should be there next year, uh, ring will. ceremony night. Let's go. Fly him Dude, out there, oh Denver. My God. Come on. That would be incredible. They offered Shea Serrano one time, the Denver Nuggets, a, a freaking courtside seat for
1: just putting out a tweet about the Denver Nuggets. And I'm like, dude, dude, I've been I've, I've been diehard for 40 some years. Like, where the hell's my uh,
0: seat, you know? Yes. <laughs> um, well, enjoy it, my man. Thank you so All much right, for buddy. coming on again. Congratulations to you and Nuggets fans around the world. And uh, good luck trying to go back to back. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. I mean, how great is that? And I'd be lying if I didn't say that I was a little bit envious. I want to feel that. None of my teams have ever reached the mountaintop. I've never seen them win. I would love just one. Just one before I'm all said and done. I would love to see just one. I'm so happy that my man Chuck got to see his one. And uh, just great to hear the emotion. Great to hear the feelings. Great to hear all that stuff that he experienced on Monday night and throughout the playoffs and the finals. Beautiful stuff. I love talking to fans of teams that have never won before, and they finally get to experience that moment. And I just wonder, like, what is it going to feel like? How would I react? What are those emotions like? What are the nerves like? What is that moment like when the clock strikes zero? All that stuff. It was great to live vicariously through Chuck um, as he retold the journey, the roller coaster of emotions that he experienced over the last few months. Uh, Congratulations once again to Chuck, to all... Nuggets fans, very, very happy for you guys. Uh, loved everything about Nikola Jokic and how he conducted himself in the aftermath of the victory. Really enjoyable. If you're an MMA fan, very reminiscent of the great Fyodor Emelianenko. He is uh, unflappable, emotionless at times, but to me, makes him endearing and likable and the kind of guy that you want to root for. Just very different, very fun, very unique Uh, and I enjoyed watching it all very, very much. I hope you enjoyed this episode and our previous episodes. We're on some kind of roll here. Eric Bischoff on uh, Monday has caused some waves. Go check out that episode and a bunch of others that we've posted over the last few weeks. I hope you enjoy them all. Thank you to the production team. Thanks to all of you for continuing to support, download, follow, subscribe, review, comment, rate, all that stuff and more. And we'll be back next week with another edition of the program, so have no fear. All right, for Chuck, I'm Ariel. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you then. Take care.